Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11. It's Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we'll start in verse 11. It says here, For this commandment, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. And then we go back to verse 10, and it says, If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, And if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. And then we go back even further to verse 8. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land. For good, for the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. And rejoicing over thy fathers refers to uh, Abraham and so forth. So here, it was great to hear in testimony that, uh, you know, that the people that uh, claim to be great and that they will go and uh, do marvellous things. It says here, go into heaven, you know, or tr- big mountains and, uh, or go over the sea to find, uh, find the word of God and then bring it back. And tell us about it. And the Lord's saying, nah, it's not like that. Uh, We have it right here. It's right with us. It even says the word is very nigh unto thee. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And uh, that's how God wanted it. He didn't uh, need a human being to be an intermediary to go off and find out what his hidden messages were. You know, it's it's an obvious thing. Uh, And it says, but... uh, to, to get to the, the theme of this talk, you know, it says a few times, look, if you follow my commandments, then I'll bless you. Okay? There'll be a result. Uh, something will happen. So uh, the word which he's made close to us to make, it, uh, make us able to read it and able to understand it, um, if we then do that and we follow the commandments that are written in the word, then he will bless. You know, we'll be plenteous in every work that we do. Work as well. Work. Um, Work is a term that can be used for reading the Bible. It's work. You're reading it. It's stuff to do. Uh, Work is uh, setting aside that time to pray. Work uh, is setting aside that time to come to meetings, outreaches, you know, um, cleaning up, uh, setting up. You know, that's all work. Stuff for the... Doing this work will be plenteous in that, and he'll bless. And so the title of this talk is Reward. And it's an important thing to remember is like we don't uh, flop about and follow the commandments of the Lord um, because, oh, there's this 
uh, thing that's far off that we can't even see and can't even understand. The Lord wants to actually bless us now and reward us now. Um, and, uh, and so that's what I want to talk about now. So uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, just uh, round it off a bit before we go into the New Testament. Over to uh, chapter 32 and verse 46. So Deuteronomy 32 and verse 46. And it says here, And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, that you shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. For it is not a vain thing for you, because it is your life. And through this thing you shall prolong your days in the land, whither you go over Jordan to possess it. Prolong our days. So it's not a vain thing. So simply put, it's not a vain thing. Uh, it's not something that has no reward. Uh, and, and look, God's put these words in, in the Bible, spiritually inspired for a reason, for us to read and say, yeah, you're right. It's not a vain thing. We're not uh, following something that's uncertain. You know, like we heard in testimony, Roland there, with um, mainstream religion. It was um, like this whole eternal life was all oh, just floppy. It didn't make sense. You know, it's a vain thing. But the Lord doesn't want it like that. He wants it to be uh, a, a purposeful thing, a thing that has a reward. Um, and, uh, and look, God created us. He knows what we're like. He knows what motivates us. And uh, we, motivate, we are motivated by reward. Like, why do we have a job? Because we get reward from it, you know. Um, and, uh, and we follow the things of God and of the Bible, of his word, his commandments, for reward. And, uh, um, and, it, and it plainly says it's not a vain thing. It's not vanity. Um, and so uh, that's what he wants us to understand. Romans 11. Romans chapter 11. And verse 25. Romans chapter 11. And verse 25. So this was a book written by Paul uh, to the saints in Rome. Um, so Romans chapter 11. And verse 25, for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant. Okay, and that comes up a couple of times in the Bible. Don't be ignorant. Understand. You know, have a head knowledge, not just a feeling. It's, a, it's an understanding of, of God's ways that, be, that you should be. Sorry, I'll read it again. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel unto the fullness of the Gentiles be until the fullness of the Gentiles become. And so all Israel uh, shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my commandment unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. So saying that uh, the Israelites that uh, rejected God, so they were descendants of Abraham, chosen by God, they rejected God. But in a way, it's like they're enemies of God for the, for the benefit of the Gentiles. Okay? 
Um, it's, a, it's a funny way to describe it. But if Israel didn't reject God, then he wouldn't have sent Jesus Christ and then opened up the whole situation uh, through the Holy Spirit uh, for, the gent- for all people on earth. Um, yeah, 28. Um, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. So still loved by God, still, still descended from uh, Abraham. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Like God didn't uh, forget his promise that was given to uh, Abraham. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. <laughs> it's uh, pretty funny. It's like this weird circular thing going on. It's like, okay, through um, the unbelief of the Israelites under the old law made it possible that grace could be given unto the Gentiles, all nations of the earth, so that then through that grace that's given to the Gentiles will also mix up back to the Israelites <laughs> that they may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all, to show his mercy. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counsellor? Sometimes at our low points where things just seem to be going awry, we wouldn't mind teaching the Lord a few things, would we? But no, what, how can we teach him anything? Uh, who has known, known the mind of the Lord? Verse 35. Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. So it was a long introduction to where I wanted to get to, to build that picture of what God's done for his uh, people that he's chosen and how he's made a a benefit out of something that wasn't so good. It comes to a point then, or who hath first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again. So the, the, the title of the talk is Reward. So what he's saying is like another way of wording that is he will be a debtor to no man. We've heard those words. Like he'll, he'll be a debtor to no man. So the effort we put in and, uh, and we change our lives to follow his ways, um, it will be recompensed, will be a reward. Uh, and it, it, it can be all sorts of things, you know, but the greatest reward, as I spoke about last week, is that contentment, that understanding that, hey, salvation is true. Uh, uh, eternal life is true. There's a contentment that uh, within the human being, uh, a peace within the human being, uh, and uh, and that's what happens. Of course, he understands we're uh, scraping around here on earth, um, dragging this body through this life, and we need to provide here on earth. And uh, the flow-on effect is that's part of the reward as well, that he helps. He helps us in all these things that uh, the things of the earth. And uh, I'll read it again. Or who hath first given to him, and it shall not be recompensed unto him again, or repaid. And uh, he is a God of equity, a God of righteous judgment. He'll give back appropriately. 
so we don't feel shortchanged by God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse one. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse one. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, that's our body, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Okay? We groan. We yearn to uh, to shed this body and dwell with him forever. We do. We can't wait for the Lord to return. We're uh, looking forward to that. Verse 3. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. And that's that spiritual clothing. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit, the down payment of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labour, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. That's the reward. That's the reward that we get, that uh, we labour, we do things, we follow the things of the Lord. And whether we are with him or away from him, whether we're in this body or not in this body, we just do it. It's just what, what's done. Because then, it says in verse 10, we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, which is symbolic, of course, it's a spiritual realm, and everyone will receive, be rewarded uh, with those things as a result of what they've done. Um, So we don't give up. We uh, we continue. Matthew chapter 25. So it's a parable, uh, a well-known one that uh, Jesus spoke about. Matthew chapter 25. 25. (laughs) Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. And verse 14. Matthew 25 and verse 14. And the start of this parable, it says, by Jesus Christ, it says, for the kingdom of heaven, there you go, for the kingdom of heaven. This parable is to describe an aspect of the kingdom of heaven. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man travelling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So this is referring to himself, Jesus Christ. It's as if he's been travelling in a far country. So he went away. 
He died, he rose again, and then he was raised up in the clouds. And it quite plainly said that in the same way he'll, he'll return. So while he's away, so the kingdom of heaven is still in existence while he's away. So we make up the kingdom of heaven, filled with his Holy Spirit. So in the kingdom of heaven, uh, looking to the ways of the Lord, we can have that mindset and how this parable ap- applies. So we've had goods delivered unto us, things that have been given us. Verse 15, And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took his journey. He went away um, and, uh, and left these talents unto, unto people, unto us, according to our ability. So he doesn't give us too much to handle, but he also doesn't give us less either that, uh, that we feel lacking. So he's given it unto our ability. Verse 16. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Okay? So he used what was given him by God uh, and, uh, and he was given another five. And those extra five talents were just as valuable as the first five he was given. Does that make sense? So it's just as valuable, same thing. It's part of the kingdom of heaven. Verse 17, And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And the important thing here is one was given five and then got five more, so he ended up with ten. The other one was only given two uh, because that was uh, the ability that he had. He he worked and uh, did the things of the Lord and he got two more. So one had ten talents and one had four But they ended up with the same reward because the attitude was trading and working the things of the Lord and uh, multiplying and getting more talents from the Lord. They ended up with the same reward, even though one had ten and one had four. Um, And we'll read another one. So bear that in mind. We'll, We'll carry on. There was another person that was given one talent. So if they invested it and had two, they would have had the same reward even though they only had two talents. Does that make sense? Um, Where are we up to? Um, 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathered where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, here thou hast... That is thine. It's like throwing. It's like that flippant attitude. Oh, look! I'm just giving you back what you gave me, and uh, let's be on our way. His lord answered and said unto him, "Thou wicked and slothful servant." So, being slothful is op- opposite 
to working. It's opposite to labouring. It's opposite to doing things. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we understand from this parable that that one talent is the Holy Spirit. So when uh, we first come along, we get baptised, and as we heard in testimony, cry out to the Lord, say hallelujah, praise the Lord. He gives us the Holy Spirit, we speak in tongues. That's that one talent. So what it's saying here, if that if you don't use that one talent, that one talent will be taken away from you and given to someone else. So you won't be a part of the kingdom of God for eternity. Um, makes sense. But this talk, talks about reward. Okay, we use the talent. However much, we all have one because we have the Holy Spirit. Use it and multiply it. Get two. Then you've got two talents. Use those two. Get four. You've got four talents. Use those. Get eight. And just keep multiplying and growing. And, uh, that, and the Lord will reward. He has to because it's in his best interest. And he's said that he will. He'll give us a great reward. Uh, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse 31. Luke chapter 12. And we'll start in verse 31. Luke chapter 12 and verse 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So first of all, you seek the kingdom of God, and they'll all be added unto you afterwards. That reward. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that you have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For there your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, that light being the spirit within the testimony. And ye yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. That reward. But uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing, way of wording it here is like, uh, you know, figuratively, you sell all that you have. Like, you, you give up your life. You know, it, it's not a material thing. Oh, let's all go and sell everything that we have. It's like we, we sell up our life. We follow, uh, we decide to be a servant of God instead of our own servant and uh, our own, uh, serving what we think's right, but serving what God knows is right. And then, like, providing ourselves bags which wax not old. So bags that wax not old are not physical bags, they're spiritual bags. And uh, as I've said before, this whole treasure in heaven that fails not, I've said before, I used to think it was, yep, 
like this treasure we're going to get later on when Jesus returns. It's over there, the pie in the sky. But no, it's actually that steak on the plate while we wait uh, because we're in the kingdom of heaven today, now. And that treasure that cannot rust or corrupt, it's not a physical treasure. It's an understanding of salvation. Like I said before, it's an understanding that we are the children of the living God, that we are part of a great plan. I mean, that's, that's wonderful for our um, psychological well-being, <laughs> that uh, we understand these things. It grounds us, that uh, we have a purpose in life. They are treasures in heaven, and they come as a result of us following God's commandments, labouring to understand his ways, and he will reward us appropriately. And, and look, you, you, even um, in... Yeah, it's bordering on a natural sense. Like, let's say, okay, labouring. God's asked us to go out and spread the gospel and uh, and tell others about the kingdom of God, and and that's work. It's labouring, but what a wonderful reward, as we saw last week, when someone responds and gets baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues. That's that's a reward in a natural way. So the Lord rewards us in those ways as well. We get results. It doesn't go out void, as it says elsewhere, like, or it's not a vain thing. And that treasure in heaven is so important for us to understand that we have it now, today, and, uh, and an understanding of things. You know, like I, I was just stunned at uh, what... What we've learnt over the years about prophecy and uh, miracles and so forth that are real, you know, that's all part of this kingdom of heaven, uh, that, uh, like um, uh, treasure, treasure that's in bags that wax not old. You know, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful reward. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And verse 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. An interesting little uh, story here. Paul's a bit annoyed at the Corinthians. He was annoyed at the Corinthians over a few things. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that because we learn from their mistakes, don't we? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? but ministers by whom you believe, thus servants. You know, Paul, he, he saw some amazing things. He did some amazing things. By the grace of God, he understood. But he, he diminished himself. He said, look, okay, I've seen wonderful things. I've experienced wonderful things that so many other people have never even experienced, but I'm just a servant. I'm a lowly servant of God. And so was this fellow Apollos, who apparently was also uh, quite a prominent person in the Corinth church. So who then is Paul? Question mark. Who then? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed. You know, uh, uh, people that were used as a vessel in order to, uh, for others to be able to, to be believers. Even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything. Neither he that watereth anything. But it's God that's important that gives the increase. Now he that plants and he that waters are one. 
We're all part of the same plan here. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labour. For we are labourers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Sheep, really. You know, uh, they, um, that, that's husbandry, looking after animals. And so uh, we are God's flock of sheep, uh, his husbandry that he leads in and out to our pastures green. For we are labourers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereupon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. The work, the labour that he does, take heed. You know, think about it. Like uh, to get the reward, the benefit of being part of the kingdom of God. Apply yourselves in the right way. Take heed. And praise the Lord, we have guidance here. And uh, we have people with experience as well here, sitting here. Many years of experience of what works and what doesn't work. What, um, what benefits and what doesn't benefit. What gives a great reward from the Lord and what doesn't. Uh, that's, a, that's our testimony. And, uh, and it's our labour. And so we are servants of someone else. Servants of God. He's bought us. He's actually purchased us with a price. And what was that price? The death of his son. Jesus Christ died on the cross that we may be able to be purchased to be a part of his plan and we then go about labouring uh, to, uh, to be that master builder, to build on the foundation, to, uh, to continue to plant, to continue to water, that we get reward and we do get reward. Okay, penultimate scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. And it says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, of thy service. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, that reward, that ultimate reward, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them, also that love his appearing or look forward to his appearing or are confident at his appearing. And so it's just, I brought this up before as well, as you know, like I love the way it says there, like, um, you know, it says, look, endure, giving this encouragement, this is Paul who's experienced all these things himself, like he also has endured afflictions, then you also endure afflictions. Uh, like he also has done the work of an evangelist, you also do the work of evangelist. Uh, like he also has made full proof of his ministry, his service to the Lord, he's made full proof of it. Paul's done that as an example. So you also make full proof of your ministry. And as a result of all that, as a result of all that, Paul in his old age, uh, he may well have grey hair, and uh, he's sitting back thinking, right, I'm ready to be offered. I'm comfortable. You can read that, like the way it's worded, for I am now ready to be offered. 
the time of my departure is at hand. It's a natural thing. Um, it, I remember my little brother, he, um, he was really shocked when he turned 30 and I said to him, well, <clears throat> when you turn 30, it comes after 29. And so he knows that his departure's at hand. It's logical. He's old. He's getting to his departure. So he knows that. But he's looking back and he's saying, right, I have fought a good fight. I have done what the Lord asked me to do. And there's this com- comfort and confidence that he has, that inner peace that he has. I've finished my course. I've done all I could. I can't anymore. You know, I'm elderly and I, I can't do what I used to do, but I, I have done my course. And what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful place to be where we can all be in a position and say, look, we did the best we did. Good. Did the best we, best we could. You know, for us to say we've endured all afflictions, we've done the work of an evangelist, we've made full proof of our ministry, our service, and we're ready to be taken. That is a wonderful reward as well. And then he goes on and says, well, there is a crown of righteousness that I will be rewarded with from all that service and following God's commandments. That it's not vain. Uh, there is a purpose and there is a point to it all. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, we're human beings, we get tired, you know, um, we, we don't feel like doing things. But it, I've just got a little question that I've written here, and I just want wonder sometimes if we're kind of looking for an excuse not to do the things of the Lord. You know, sometimes in our head they can be difficult or confronting, and sometimes are we glad? I know certainly in my walk, um, I was kind of glad to have an excuse. <laughs> um, I don't mind sharing this. Um, uh, I was on the talk roster when Pastor Tim Cope was here and suddenly there was an excuse for me to be taken off. <laughs> I was so glad to have an excuse not to be on the talk roster. <laughs> Um, and uh, it's just the way we are. We're people. Like, uh, do you, are you glad when you have an excuse not to do what the Lord wants to do? Wants us to do, you know, an excuse for uh, for not coming to meetings, going to outreaches, things. You know, we all know what needs to be done. You know, but are you glad for that excuse? And I really praise the Lord. Like, um, of course, Tim, very wise man. We we know him well. And uh, um, and I went to a camp, and I there was. I think two other blokes at the camp, so what do you know, I had to give a talk. And after that, uh, he asked me if I wanted to be back on the talk, Ross, and I said no. And he goes, I'm putting you back on. (laughs) Okay, I'm out of excuse now, I'm back on the talk roster, and uh, I praise the Lord he was like that. So sometimes we need that sort of thing, but uh, please, yeah, just think of that. Are we glad for an excuse not to do the things of the Lord? Finish up, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, verse 31. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were illuminated or filled with the Holy Spirit, understood about the things of the kingdom of God, realised that you're a child of the living God, understood about eternity, 
understood what Jesus did and that there was a reason for it, after you were illuminated, you then endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, you were made different, both by reproaches and afflictions. Like you endured and had to go through things that other people didn't have to go through. And also partly while she became companions of them that were also used. For you had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance or possession or reward. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Really well rounded off. So we've got a confidence and an understanding of, uh, of what we're a part of. That's confidence. That's a rock. It's immovable. It's something to stand on and, and to build on, a foundation. Because there is a great recompense of reward, a great and wonderful recompense of reward. And we need patience to endure what we endure here on earth. And once you've done the will of God, you'll receive a great promise. And I was just thinking there, uh, I won't go there, but we know Acts 2.38. And it says, if you repent, if you get baptised, right, by full immersion, he will then reward you. With the Holy Spirit. So he did that, as was said in testimony, when we were born again, we got that wonderful reward then. So why do we forget later that oh, if we continue to do things of the Lord, why do we forget that we're not going to get rewarded then? He marvellously rewarded us, rewarded us that first time when we did those two things that in themselves seemed rather simple, but we got the Holy Spirit, an amazing reward. We had that uh, down payment of being part of the kingdom of God. And so as we walk on, we can have that mindset that, yeah, the body feels tired and worn out and we have different ways of thinking and uh, we're off or we're on, in season or out of season, but have that determination to continue to uh, labour and, uh, and be a servant of the Lord because we'll be rewarded just like he did at the start when we were born again. Okay, thank you.